1: What if there was a cheat sheet, one that would help us navigate life a little easier? Well, that's what we're going to be talking about right here right now on Polly Campbell Simply Said. Hello, hello, hello and welcome to Polly Campbell Simply Said a podcast where we talk about how to live well, do good, and be happy. And you know, if you listen regularly that we cover a ton of ideas on the show. I'm always looking for the practical way to elevate my experience, to feel better, to learn more, to grow, to connect in deeper ways. And I cover many of these practices in my books. The newest is You Recharged, and you can get that now, or you can find out more at polycampbell.substack.com, where you can join our Simply Sud community and really go deep into these ideas, because these are things that I can do. And if I can do them, anybody can do them. I will tell you that right now. But I'll be honest there are days i wake up and i just want a guidebook i i want some help i'm going into these different situations with work or family and i'm thinking i just would like some notes right here maybe a cheat sheet to help me go through the moment that i'm in to elevate my mood when i don't feel like it or or to be more engaged in the conversation i'm having so wouldn't that be handy if you could just pull up some notes to help you cope with a certain thought or situation that you're going into for the day, well, boy, have I got an opportunity for you. Mm -hmm. Ayesha Ratnayaka is here, and she's created those notes for us in her new book, Cheat Sheets for Life, over 750 hacks for health, happiness, and success. Ayesha, welcome
0: to the show. Thank you so much, Polly. It's my pleasure to be here. I'm really happy to be here.
1: You are the first conversation I've had with somebody In
0: from Sri Lanka. I'm honored. I'm honored to be the first Sri Lankan on your show. Well,
1: I am happy to have you. You have served as a CEO, director, and shareholder of a technology firm. You've led the development of an enterprise software product. You've been the co-founder and director of a marketing communications agency. I, you've done a lot in a short time. So you also are a startup mentor and mental health advocate and the author of Cheat Sheets for Life, which I had told you already, I, I really related to things you put in here. I thought it was a really nice way to go to some heavy hard hitting practical information in a way that could help me right now in
0: the moment, and I appreciated that what How'd you come to write this book? thanks so much, Polly, for that question. um so really, this book came about essentially by accident, and what happened really was on my way to and from work, I used to get stuck in traffic for about two hours every single day mm. so you can imagine how frustrating that is, but it ended up becoming a sort of a turning point for me because I was able to use that time, which was about 10 hours a week that I wouldn't have had otherwise to listen to audiobook and mostly about happiness, about health, about wealth, productivity, and so on. I was really in search of an answer to the question, what does science say about living a good life? And eventually I was listening to more than 70 books in a year. So every time, yeah, it's a lot. Now it's gone up actually. Like last year it was 100 books a year. (laughs) But uh, (laughs) Every time I would come across something that I would find that was practical, something that I could use in my life, I would pause the audiobook and I would make a note. And sometimes I would read something and I would think, you know, wow, I, I wish I had read this three years ago because this would have really helped me in my life at that time. But the problem was that this information, which was so valuable, was spread across hundreds of different books. And most books seem to have just three or four really valuable points, which seem to have been kind of padded up to make a thick book. So I wanted to extract the most valuable, the most actionable, the most data-driven insights on how to do well in life and put them all in one place. So I started putting all these notes together and categorizing them. And I realized that I was essentially building the book that I had been looking for my whole life, a, a handbook for life that was essentially based on data and research. So at first, this was for my own benefit. But then as it was coming together, I felt this wasn't something that I could keep to myself because this was information that everyone could make use of. And that, probably was when I decided to publish Cheat Sheets for Life.
1: I love that you used your time in the car. This is something we talk about a lot um, because I do it in my own life, right? I'll pop on a podcast or when I'm walking or when I'm working out or in the car. Those are moments that I think we can use for a continuing education, whether it's to go in to live, to learn to live a better life or to learn a language or to learn about a foreign country or whatever it is. Those are opportunities for us. And it sounds like you used your commute well then.
0: I 100% agree with that we can so make use of the dead time that we have, you know, whether it's, you know, time that we're spending doing chores, you know, even the time you're spending in the shower, you could always uh, be listening to something in there. There's so many opportunities to make use of all of these little pockets of dead time that we have in our life. Yeah.
1: All right. You have divided the book into, well, there's a lot of bullet points. There's a lot of short statements, which makes it really accessible. You can pick it up at any point and go to the section you're curious about that day and and learn quite a bit. But you have divided the book into 17 categories that include health and happiness and money. And how did you decide what to put into the book? There's so many directions you could have
0: taken. Yeah. So the 17 chapters of the book essentially represent the categories that, you know, my friends, my family, my peers, my colleagues, and and I myself had questions about things like happiness, health, productivity, relationships, money, parenting. So these areas are almost universal, right? And on top of those, there are crucial life skills like self-motivation, like leadership, persuasion. And these can be extremely valuable to your self-development. So those are covered as well. And then finally, there are chapters on topics like giving and on green living, because contributing is also excellent for our well-being, as well as for our community. But you'll also notice that, you know, although the book has 17 chapters and has more than 750 ideas inside it, it's not a huge, massive, chunky book. And that's actually intentional. Because what I've tried to do is cut out the fluff and really serve only the meat.
1: Yeah, well, I think that works. And I was not surprised to see that you opened with happiness. This is on the top of everyone's list. It seems like this is what people covet. This is what they're trying to create. Happiness, happiness. Is it that important? And is it possible to create greater happiness in our own life? Or are we just wired a certain way?
0: Uh, To some extent, there is an element of wiring. I can't deny that because there is a genetic component to our threshold for happiness. We do, each of us have a sort of a genetic range that we are born with, but that doesn't mean that we can't reach the peaks of our range. So they say that uh, what science says, and I found this very surprising, is that 50% of your happiness is derived, has a baseline genetic set point, but apart from that, 40% is controlled by you, your thoughts, your attitude, the way that you look at things, and 10% by your life circumstances. So 40% is a huge amount. And even that 50%, because it's a range, we can affect it. So there is a massive level to which we can affect our happiness in life
1: you can change your thought right now and change your mood in an instant it doesn't have Mm -hmm. to take years or months and i think people are surprised if we talk about gratitude which we often do on the show or we talk about going out in nature or any of those it can leave us happier and we can feel it in the second it's very practical do you have something that you do each day to
0: build happiness or that that you recommend we try So there's many things that I try when it comes to um, happiness. So one thing is, I really recognize, you know, in the process of studying this topic, the importance of social connection. So it's actually the number one determinant of your both your lifespan and your life satisfaction. And as somebody who really works from home, I, I really take make an effort to set up something social for nearly every day of the week. So I'm part of a lot of groups and clubs, you know, from public speaking to poetry reading. And, you know, I dabble in different things like rollerblading, improv comedy and trying, you know, I just try to set up regular meetups with a lot of family and friends as well. So that's a big contributor to my happiness and to my health. Besides that, I also practice mindfulness meditation, because I know the science says this is a really great stress buster and it can have, you know, an even longer lasting impact on your stress levels than a vacation. Of course, this isn't something that I think I'm good at. But even so, I notice that if I skip it, I'm not quite as relaxed. So I do feel the impact. Exercise is another habit that I now take much more seriously since writing the book. Because we all know, everybody talks about how important it is. But Did you know that just 20 minutes of exercise can make you happier for 12 hours? So that's a very Mm. impressive return on investment. (laughs) 20 minutes for 12 hours. 12 hours, absolutely. There are so many ideas in the book, but of course, I don't practice every single one of them. (laughs) And I make a point to mention it as well in the book too, because I don't expect my readers to practice every single one of these strategies either. So my advice is really to pick out a couple of ideas from each chapter, whatever most resonates with you, and then to start by building those into your life. And then once you've done that and you've built those into habits, then you can start to add on more.
1: Yeah. I th- I think that's great advice. It, this isn't, it, this isn't a job. This doesn't have to be overwhelming. Yeah. It, it's an opportunity to take something in that might make you feel good and and try it and do what works. If it doesn't work for you or if it becomes too hard to maintain, then skip it and go on to the next. And and I think that's, you know, that's how I think about it in my books, too. It's, it's about kind of a buffet of information in this world, in this life. And And if we can grow and open ourselves up to that information, then we can pick and choose what works. For us and what works for me now is different than what worked with for me 10 years ago because i've grown and changed too so i think that's great absolutely. advice one of the categories you included uh which i'm surprised about and i'm interested in um was food why did you put that down as one of the categories and what role does that play in our health and happiness and success
0: so our food choices absolutely do matter for our well-being So for one thing, what we eat has a massive impact on our health. And it's, of course, it's much harder to be happy when we aren't healthy, right? So for another thing, there are foods that can directly influence our psychological well-being. And if we eat more of those, then we can enjoy greater happiness. So for example, uh, people that rank the happiest eat seven servings of fruits and vegetables Mm. a day. And food with omega-3 fatty acids like salmon, they also boost mood, And they can also even increase your lifespan by more than two years. And then you also have probiotic-rich foods like kombucha, sauerkraut, and kimchi. And these are also great too for psychology. But besides what you eat, how you eat is also important. So for example, uh, in Okinawa in Japan, Uh, which is the place which has the highest number of centenarians or people who live to over 100 years old, here they follow a rule called hara hachi bu, And this reminds them to stop eating when they are are 80% full. So there are lots of these practices that we can adopt to eat healthier and to feel happier. We think of food from the
1: aspect of our physical health, but it really does influence how we think, how we solve problems, how we feel in our emotional uh, and spiritual side. I think that's super interesting, and and uh, it was nice to see it on this list because often we don't get that information unless we're in a diet book or something like that, a fitness book, and it it really goes to our whole well-being. And there's a lot more I want to talk to you about. I want to get into money. That's another thing that that gets in our way for some people and if we learn how to uh, manage our money and manage our thoughts about money we're all going to live well and do good and be happier so we're going to take a quick break and when we come back with the Aisha I want to know the things that get you through the day and and how you manage that money component as well we'll be right back on Polly Campbell simply said on the best business network of Electrocast. Back with Ayesha Raknayaka on the Polly Campbell Simply Said podcast on the best business network of Electrocast. And we're talking about, uh, her cheat sheets the notes and ideas and research that we can use in the moment to elevate our lives to feel more successful and healthier and happier and one thing you have on in your research is money now i've seen money get in the way of a lot of people but you make some distinctions it isn't necessarily how much money you have as much as how you
0: think about it and how you spend that is is that accurate That's right, Polly. So uh, what the science says is that once you have enough income to meet your basic needs, then your actual income becomes less important. And what matters is what you do with your money. So since we live in a consumerist culture, we learn to assume that what we need to be happy is a bigger house, a bigger car, more branded products and things like that. But in reality, because of a process called hedonic adaptation, we very quickly get accustomed to having what we have. And these items stop bringing us pleasure. The thing that we bought, uh, you know, day before yesterday suddenly doesn't excite us as much as it did on that day. So the novelty wears off very quickly. So instead, to create happiness, we ought to be spending our money on experiences because experiences are novel every time. You go out with your friends and they have new stories to tell you. You vacation with your family and you make new memories together. So with experiences, there are three ways you can enjoy them. You can look forward to them even before they happen. You can savor them in the moment while they are happening. And then after they're over, you can happily reminisce about them. So experiences really pack a punch when it comes to happiness.
1: I I I want to hear more on that because and we do this. I'll I'll tell you in my family every year we plan a road trip and sometimes it's 2 or 3 days, sometimes it's over a week. But when we start talking about that, something changes in our family and we save our money, we stop spending on other things so that we can go on this vacation. And we are still talking about vacations we had five or 10 years ago, cool experiences or even hard experiences that we had on vacation, but we were together on them. And, and I feel like that's so much more
0: valuable than the pair of shoes I bought last year. <laughs> Absolutely. So those memories, they last a lifetime. And so again, it's a it's return on investment. The return that you're getting for that spend is something that lasts forever and something that you can continue to enjoy as time goes on. And I think one of those things for me
1: is, is books. I know that's a thing. I buy a lot of books. I read a lot of books. I get books from the library. You should check out Aisha's cheat sheets for life over 750 hacks for health, happiness, and success, because it's going to give you, it's going to get the ideas swirling in your head. Take what works, you know, discard what, what you don't want to pull into your life, but it's really practical stuff. And I think when we, act deliberately to bring these things into our lives, we are more engaged in life, we're more in charge, more empowered in our lives, and I think we feel better. So Ayesha, what else are you working on? Where can we find more about your your book and your work and the other stuff you're
0: doing? So what's interesting is I just launched a new book and it's called The Utopia Playbook. This is really a book about what the countries that are the best in the world in different areas, like happiness, like health, Uh, and abundance, and uh, all of these areas from education to transparency, what they have done to get to the place that they are at. So this is a book that I didn't write to really make money. I wrote this in the hope of helping us to work towards an ideal world. It brings together case studies from countries that are really inspiring. So we can find out, you know, why is it that Spain is the biggest organ donor? Uh, Why is it that France has the least food waste? Uh, Why is it that Bhutan is a carbon negative country that absorbs more carbon than it produces? Hmm. What is it that makes uh, Denmark a country that's been able to, uh, to, uh, to double its GDP while halving its carbon emissions? So there's so much that we can learn from the different countries in the world and hopefully perhaps even replicate those ideas and initiatives and make any place a little bit more utopian. I love, is that book out now? Is that something we can go grab today? Absolutely. So you can find it on Amazon as the Utopia Playbook.
1: Fantastic. Ayesha Roknaika, thank you for being here and bringing your cheat sheets. I think it's a worthy read and you've got me thinking about all kinds of things in my own house on the other side of the world. So thanks for staying up late and joining us today.
0: It's my pleasure, Polly. Thank you so much for reaching out to me. I'm so happy to have had the chance to chat with you today
1: well we'll talk to you again i hope and you can find my newest book you Recharged*, wherever books are sold and join our substack community at polycampbell.substack.com. that's a free community it's a chance to talk over these ideas and to connect because you heard aisha say it, it's important to connect to come together in person and virtually to stay in touch and share ideas it's how we make our lives better and the world a better place and if you are a writer out there you may also want to check out my newest podcast called Simply Write with Polly. Remember, as you go throughout the day, take a minute to invite happiness in, to invite gratitude in, to be deliberate in the way you approach the world. If you're getting stressed out, if you wanna feel a bit happier, try mindfulness practice, or just take a pause and take in the moment. When we do that, we will all live well, do good and be happy. (laughs)
0: Become a leader worth following. Subscribe today. Electric acid. Electric acid. Electric acid. Electric
1: acid. Welcome to Tuning into to Sound Wellbeing, where we harmonise your mind, body and soul. I'm Amanda, your sound therapy expert. And I'm Stephen, the curious explorer uncovering the mysteries of sound.